It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Western and Southern Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you. It's easy to get started. Visit westernsouthern.com. Now batting, number one in our hearts. At least he'd like to think so. It's the Jim Day Podcast. Hi again, welcome to the Jim Day Podcast. Hope you're doing well out there wherever you are listening. And once again, we're going to go back in time here in Red's lore. And we're going to we're gonna make this podcast a little tougher, a little grittier today. Because <laughs> <laughs> we welcome in, well, they call him Ronnie O. Cincinnati's own Ron Oster, Red's Hall of Famer, Ron Oster. Ronnie O, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jim. Real good. I, uh... Just enjoying the grandkids and uh, doing some stuff around the house, working at Belterra Park, and just having a good time. Well, that's where I wanted to start. Of where you know what's going on nowadays. So, uh, grandkids, eh? What's that experience like? No, it's there's nothing like it. I tell you, I have eight of them now, and uh, the first one was a girl, and the last seven were boys. And uh, uh, the oldest is ten, the youngest is one, and. Uh, I'd tell you, I'll take 10 more. You know, the good thing about that is you can spoil the heck out of them and give them back. You know, you can get rid of them. But <laughs> it, it's it's great, really. It's, it's, uh, that it's is the best world right there. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to figure out how to have grandkids without having kids, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before, actually, about the grandkids. It's like, great, it's a great experience. You got them, you got them, and then you can give them back. <laughs> it, it really is. It's it's there. There's something else. Do you already have the boys sliding hard into second base? And oh, breaking? oh yeah, yeah. Well, you're not going to do that anymore, are you? No, <laughs> you're not you're allowed not. to break up a double play. Yeah. You're not allowed to break up a double play anymore. I had somebody ask me a while back. You know, do you want to get back into baseball? I said, Well, no. I said, How? I said, How am I going to tell somebody not to break up a double play? That could win you a game. You you have to be thankful for the. Uh the era that you did play in are, are you kind of when you look back you kind of thankful wow you know because sometimes I, i'm i was a, a generation right before the the internet came along and and i had to you know we had to go out and play and I, i'm just mm-hmm. thankful that i i kind of got the best of both worlds are you kind of thankful uh, that you played in the era you did uh, i'm so fortunate to be able to play the way uh, the years i did you know I never played for money. I mean, I love the game. Yeah, I played for money. You got to make money, have money to make a living. But, um, and I don't care what they make now. I don't care if they make a billion dollars a year. Just play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Give everything you got 100% every out, every inning, every pitch. You owe it to your fans. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your teammates. Um, it, it just, I, I was so fortunate to come up when I did because uh, I, I'll tell you, a story about when, when I did come up uh, yeah, with Johnny Bench, uh, Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, and Tony Perez were all sitting at their locker. They're sitting at their locker, and I'm sitting by George Foster over the um, locker, George Foster, and it's it's probably 10 feet from their locker and where they were sitting. And I hear my name come up, 
And I look over and I didn't say anything. And my name comes up again. And I look over, I go, yeah. And, and they didn't answer, you know. So it comes up again, you know, the hoster. And I go, yeah, you know, what do you guys want something? You want me? And Johnny Ben says, shut the up, rookie. He said, when we want to talk to you, we'll, we'll let you know. And, <laughs> and oh, my God. And then, you know, when we when I came up, you didn't say a word. You were, yeah. you were, you were seen but not heard and everything. And, and they started laughing and stuff, and they set me up and things. But, that, you know, that's the way it was back then. And I had, I, I, you know, I, people ask me if I miss playing. And I know I can't play anymore, but what I miss the most is being in the clubhouse and, and getting on the guys and, and the atmosphere in there, just, uh, you know, jabbing each other and, and getting on each other. That, that, that's what I miss the most. But, uh, yeah, when I, you know, my, in my era was, you know, we, I came up in a great organization in Cincinnati, and they taught you the fundamentals. And, and I learned the fundamentals in, in Little League because they have some great – they had some great Little League around here. But – you know, they taught you, you know, how to play the game the right way, which I believe is the right way. And uh, I, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like I said, I, I, you play for money because that's, you know, my living and everything. But, uh, you know, it's not working. <laughs> you know, it beats working. Uh, you're playing a game. Uh, but, you know, um, it, it's it's just it's so much different now, and 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 they don't like I say I I don't know if I've seen a hit and run this year, and I don't follow it as much as I I, I used to because it, it's frustrating to me just watching swing, watch the shifts. I, the best way to beat a shift is to slap the ball over the other side or bunt down there, and then you know, get them out of the shift. But that could, and I I could go on and on. It's it's just frustrating, but I am so so lucky and so fortunate to come up. Not only when I did, but uh, you know, playing in my hometown in Cincinnati, I'm I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world. Yeah, there's not many guys that played for one organization the whole time, let alone your hometown team. I mean, you and Barry Larkin have that in in common. But mm-hmm. what was it like to grow up in this town, Withrow High School, and then you play your entire career with the Reds? And oh, by the way, they put you into the Reds Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean that that was very unexpected. I mean that, that was something else. But you know, it, it it was great playing in Cincinnati, being from Cincinnati when you're doing well. Uh, but when you're not doing well, you uh, I think you hear it a little bit more, which which is understandable. But it it did. I mean, I, I don't have words to describe the feeling. You know, I, I wanted I since I was as old as I can remember, I wanted to uh, play in the big leagues. I wanted to play baseball for a living and. Um, to be able to play in my hometown, it was just, uh, I mean, I, like I said, I was spoiled. You know, I'm the, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how to describe, you know, the, the life that I had in baseball. It, everything I own uh, came through baseball. And, and uh, it, I, 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 you know, I'm fort- very, very fortunate and, and very thankful. You mentioned, wow, Bench, Rose, Morgan. I mean, how about did you ever have a moment? I mean, obviously you're from this town and you were a young man or not even a man yet when the big red machine was in its heyday. Did you ever have a moment like, wow, I can't believe I'm in the clubhouse with these guys? Well, uh, Jim, I was in awe. I mean, <laughs> I, I I remember going down and working out uh, during the winter. Uh, Jack Billingham was down there, Gary Nolan at the time, and there, there was a few of us in the clubhouse working out, and I. And I I, like I said, I didn't say a word. I, I was quiet as a mouse and, and, and working out with those guys. And 
um, and then my first spring training, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, it's probably more nervous then than I was when the opening day, my first day I started. It, it just, uh, you know, I, I used to pretend throwing the ball against the wall, which I did every day. We get <laughs> that too, but um, this pitch count, and I know I'm jumping around, but this pitch count drives me crazy because every day I threw a ball against the wall every single day. The only way to strengthen your arm is to throw, and uh, your arm will tell you when it's tired or whatever. Anyway, where were we? We're talking about. Um, uh, growing up in Cincinnati, and, and I used to I used to pretend throwing against the wall. I was these guys. I was Tony Perez. I was Johnny Bench. You know, I, I had an all star team, and uh, you know, I, I I used to just pretend I was those guys. And then getting there and and being around them, Joe Morgan and those guys. You know, it's just uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it. I, I, it took me a while to get get used to. Hey, I'm here. You know what? What this is crazy, but. Uh, what what a life I've had. That's all I got to say. It's a beauty. Now, they when they talk about you, they talk about tough and gritty and a leadership, the leadership behind the scenes. Were you always a tough-nosed player? Yeah, I mean, I watched Pete Rose play. You know, I, I, he was my idol growing up. I, I tried to play the game the way he did. The only thing I didn't do that he did is, is sprint down the first base when I walked. But I, I tried, you know, it's – all about giving out, uh, giving everything you got, every out, every inning, every pitch, and I, I, I tried to hustle like Pete Rose, which you know it takes no talent at all to hustle. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you know you, you owe it to everybody to, to, to give one hundred percent every every minute you're out there. And and I watched Pete and the way he played, and, and uh, you know I tried to emulate him and and, and play the game the way it's supposed to be played, like him. And, I don't. I don't know. I they call myself. Tough. I'm just myself. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm that tough. I, I I like to win. I love to win, and that's why you play to win. I played for a World Series ring, and uh, if I had to jump on a couple of guys in the clubhouse or you know get on them a little bit, and uh, I do it. I thought I knew what it take, took to win, and if somebody's not hustling out there, if somebody's not not, not giving what giving everything they should, then, you know, I'm gonna let them know. I'm gonna let them know, and I think. Uh, we can call it a leader or, or whatever. I don't know. I, I I just love to play the game, and I played it the way, you know, I played it. And and it's my teammates. I love my teammates, and I think they they like me. But you know, if they didn't, if they didn't like something I said, uh, you know, it's funny. I was I was listening. I listened to your your podcast with uh, Greg Vaughn, and what and, and I'll tell you what. You talk about a leader. That guy was a leader. He'd go out there and. and I remember, I'll tell you a story about him when I was coaching uh, with the Reds with, with Greg. Greg Please do. It, Brett Tomko just pitched, uh, started the game. He, he gave up on five, six runs or whatever. They took him out in, I think, the second or third inning or whatever. And we were down five, six to nothing. Well, we came back and won the game. And Vonnie comes in, Greg Vaughn comes in the clubhouse, and we're all, you know, celebrating. We won, uh, won the game, and, and – he noticed the Brett Tomko, you know, he was going to go over and probably, I don't know what he was going to do. I guess he was going to go over and talk to him, you know, say, Hey, hang in there, get him back. But he wasn't in, he wasn't in the clubhouse. He was back in the training room and he was, and he's moping. He was, he was because of his outing. He, and Von, I'll never forget that Bonnie went into the training room, told him, get the hell out here. He said, Brett, get out here. He said, we just won a damn game. I mean, I can't say exactly what he said, but we just won a game. Get out here. You know, it's not about you. It's about, you know, it's about the team. And that's just one example of Vaughn. 
Uh, he went out there. People don't realize how hurt he was, how, how his knees were going out there and, and giving – you know, John McNamara said, you're not going to feel 100% every day. You know, you very seldom feel 100%. He said, but give 100% of how you feel. And that's that's what Vonnie did. That's what that's what I tried to do. You know, you feel 80%, give 100% of that 80%. You know, and I'll never forget. He went in and got Tom Tomko, came out, and, uh, you know, it, it made Tomko a better better person, better player, better better teammate. And wow, But that love- was Greg Vaughn. That, that, yeah. was just, that was just one story. I mean, it, I listened to that podcast, and I didn't get to listen to the whole thing yet. But what what a leader! You talk about a leader. Greg Vaughn was a leader, and we missed him the next year. Uh, you know, we that was the year that we came with him one game. We had that one extra game with the Mets, and lost that game with the Mets to get in the playoffs. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker. Ninety nine, uh, man. And, and I use that coaching sometimes. I said, hey, you know, if I see somebody, saying, you know, this could be the game. You know, this could be the game that gets us to the playoffs because I, I I was through it. And, but but I, I miss my and, and I got I got another story about Vonnie. <laughs> and um, when I was coaching, we're in Atlanta, and I'm hitting ground balls to the third baseman, and Vonnie was struggling. He was hitting I don't know what he was hitting. He wasn't hitting 200, I don't think. But he came up to me and he comes up to me and goes, "Hey man, I'm going home." And I, I said, "What?" I said, "You're what?" And he goes, "I'm going home, man. I'm not having any fun." And I said, "Go ahead." I said, how can you not have fun? You're playing baseball. I said, yeah, you're struggling, but how can you even think about going home, Bonnie? I said, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Get away from me. Well, anyway, it, it, it went a little deeper than that, the conversation. So anyway, I'm, we're, we're done taking batting practice. I was during batting practice. So we're done taking batting practice, and I'm walking over to get the balls to hit infield. We took infield back in the days. I'm walking over to get the balls to the infield, and Bonnie's walking towards me. I go, oh, my God, here we go. He didn't, he didn't like that. He's he ticked off. He comes up to me. He goes, you know what? And I go, you know what? He goes, you're right. He says, thank you. He says, you're right. You're exactly right. He says, if I'm not having fun, it's my fault. He says, and, and, you know, he, I saw him. I didn't see him after that, you know, after we, after I coached with him that year. And I, I didn't see him in years, three or four years. I saw him about four years later and he was, a, he, he made it a point to come up to me and, and, and talk to me and, and uh, I, he's one of my favorite guys I ever coached. I'll I, I just put it that way. Oh, I bet. I mean, when you're, you were a leader yourself and then he's a leader and you're a coach trying to lead. I could see that where that would, you would naturally just yeah. like that yeah. guy. Yeah. He gets, I'll tell you all Bonnie didn't want to do is win. He didn't care about his statistics and that, that he, whatever he could do to make the team better to, to, to win a game. He would go out there, and like I said, his knees. I mean, he, uh, <laughs> it hurt me just watching him walk around the clubhouse, get nice on his knees, and try to play that day. And, and he would. And uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite guys I ever coached. Oh, I bet there's no doubt about it. Now you talked about saying things to teammates that they might not have liked. Um, that led to a few skirmishes, did it not? <laughs> with me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah a couple yeah i got a couple but you know i got i got my point across and uh uh i'll i'll, I'll share one of them with you I mean, uh, barry larkin uh, rob dibble was pitching and uh we we're playing houston and for no reason at all and, and i love dibs uh, for no reason at all dibs rob dibble hit eric yelding well larkin comes up you know, Yelding was a shortstop. Larkin comes up the next 
inning and they hit Larkin in, in the wrist. And Larkin's hurt, and he—it's September, and we're this is this is 1990. This is when I'm going to get my World Series ring. I'm hoping I'm going to get my World Series ring. They hit him in the wrist, and Larkin comes out of the game, and is up and goes up to the clubhouse to get his wrist taken care of. But I walk up the clubhouse, and I get in there, and then I see Rob Dibble and Randy Myers down the other end of the uh, the clubhouse. This is at uh, um, Great America. Um, Riverfront. Riverfront State. They're all the way down the other end of the clubhouse. And all I hear Dibble say when I'm walking up there and, and just, just turned it to, to get in the clubhouse is, man, they're going to blame that on me now. And I lost it. I all went down and I can't say what I'm said to him, but I said, you dumb. And, you know, and I, I went off. I walked I, I walked all the way down there. I go, you, you don't think it's your fault, Dibs? I said, you hit their shortstop. They hit Mark. And I said, if we don't have him, you know, we don't have a chance of, you know, you know um, winning the World Series, we don't have a chance of getting in the playoffs. And I just went off. I, I and ran on there. Randy Meyer standing there talking to me. He says, "We don't want to hear it right now." And that's not wasn't a good thing to say to me at the time. Oh, no. I said, "Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You're going to hear it." And I said, "Yeah, you guys are nasty out there." I said, "Let's see how nasty you are in here to to um, Randy Myers. and he. Of course, he didn't do anything. He, he turned around and walked away. But um, yeah, I, uh, but I got my point across. And in fact, Gibbs, you talked to him today. He he thanks me for for doing it. Gibbs didn't know, you know. He 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 didn't come up with with the with the guys that I did. You know, Benches, Roses, Perez's, yeah. Morgan's. Uh, he didn't know, but but so I I, I guess it worked. I mean, I, hey, so I lost it. Yeah, I lost. If it. they're yeah, coming up to you later and thanking you. Multiple players. That's you got your point across. Exactly, and you know, and, and I'm not as as you know, Jim. I'm not very politically correct. <laughs> I've gotten I've gotten better. <laughs> I've noticed over the years. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten better, but I'm not very. You know, I, but I get my I get my point across, and um, like I say, I, I I just wanted to win. You don't have to like me, or you know, it's like you don't have to like your manager, you don't have to like your coach, or whatever, and it might. Yeah, I can go on, but you know, this is great talking to you. But Russ Nixon turned my career around. I was in my first my first full year playing. Russ was my manager in Tampa, and I was 18 years old, and I made two errors in an inning. And after the inning, I'm coming down, coming back in the clubhouse or in the dugout with my head down. Russ, and this is a honest true story, and I'll tell you one after, about him after that. But how he turn my career around but Russ cared he grabs me he puts me up against the dugout wall and goes did you try to make those two errors I go no he says I know that he says don't ever come in here with your head down feeling sorry for yourself I don't care if you make five errors in any as long as you're trying and giving 100 percent I that's good enough for me and and um so okay that's that story now two weeks or about three weeks later we're going to Winter Haven and playing a game in Winter Haven we're up by a three to two in the bottom of the ninth, and uh, man on second, two outs, and a ground ball is hit to me at shortstop and come up, hit off my leg, and, and went out the field. Well, we ended up losing the game, so we all get back on the bus. It's about forty-five minute bus trip, and the bus is heading back, and the bus pulls off the road and, and po- stops in this pony keg. He goes and Russ gets out and comes back on the bus with a big like a huge grocery bag. He says, here, hell with the, get them tomorrow. 
He says, Every, here, everybody have a beer. He said, and give Oster a six-pack and, <laughs> and brought me back a six-pack and handed it to me. And back then, you know, I was 18 years old, but they had the three-two beer and you're out to drink yeah. that. But this is a guy, and that's why I jump guys. You know, when I, when I coach in here, my son basketball, Bobby Knight is one of my favorite coaches because they, he, but I, Russ wouldn't have said two words to me if he didn't care about me. Right. You know, he just let me go. That guy, you know, you know, and that's why I think I, these are my opinions, whether I'm right or wrong. I'm wrong a lot, but those guys, those are the guys that care about you. Jump your when you're when you're not doing the things you're supposed to, or not giving everything you got. And, and and I did it to my son in basketball. I did it to the teams in basketball, and I'm trying to make them as good as they can can be. And and if they take it the wrong way, and I know you're not allowed to coach like that now, and, and that's why I'm not in baseball or not coaching because that's taboo these days you, you, you get in a lot of trouble probably doing that or get fired or whatever but those are the guys that people don't understand care about you guys that get on you my dad was hard on me but he did it to try to to, to, to make me the man or the, or, the, or the player that i am and and i truly believe that's and, and i'll do that to the day i die you know I, I, if i didn't care about you i'd leave you alone go you know go do your thing you know but Russ cared about me enough to, to do that and give me the lesson that he knew that I was trying. And that's what I tell everybody I coach or my, you know, my grandson and kids and things, you know, as long as you're out there and you give a hundred percent, you give everything you got, you try every inning, every out, every pitch out there. No one can say anything about you. You can't, you know, if they do, so what you're giving everything you got, you're going to make errors. You're going to strike out. But as long as you're trying, as long as you're not lackadaisical, as long as you're not going through the motions, you know, no one can fault you. Yeah. And and I I I tell you, Russ Nixon turned my career around by by grabbing me and putting me up against the 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 uh, dugout wall and, and saying that. Well, I did not know that Russ Nixon had that effect on you. But there's the, the one thing you can't control in the game or anything is your effort level. I mean, that is the one thing that you yourself can control. Exactly is your effort level and the, the amount of care that you put into something. Hey, I, I got it. I want to ask you about the, uh, you didn't wear batting gloves, which no. was a I little did, more I, back then. It's very rare nowadays, but teammates would describe your hands, deep wounds on your hands. They even mentioned blisters. Was it blisters? Was it calluses? No, I mean, how bad did your hands get? I mean, it, they were, I think it's exaggerated. I know Dave Collins, you know, talks all about, you know, but, you know, they were sore. They get sore, but no, they, they weren't calloused they, up. They, they were, were just, cal they were calluses yeah. and maybe they crack and bleed a little bit or whatever, but it's not like I was going out there, you know, if, if they hurt that bad, I'd pat them up and, and stuff. But it, it, <laughs> it, I mean, it, I didn't wear batting gloves because I liked the feel of the bat. I liked the pine tar. I liked to use a lot of pine tar and rosin, and and I liked the feel of the wood bat. And, and batting gloves to me, it it, it it just felt like I had something slowing my hands down. You know, like I, I you know, it's like uh, I don't know, it's great. like you got boxing gloves on you, know, where they're, it just weighs you down a little bit. I I just liked the feel of the bat, and I did put them on. I I got, I got some baseball cards with batting gloves on, but I put them on to run the bases. Yeah. I never, you know, so because I slid head first like Pete, and he's, I didn't want to scratch my hands up any more than they already were. But no, that's exactly. I didn't have. I mean, I, I might have. Everybody gets blisters hitting, probably even with batting gloves on. But oh yeah, it, 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 that was exactly early I mean, on in camp. 
Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Especially early on in camp when. Right, right, yeah, but no, it. Um, I just didn't. I just like to feel the the the, the bat. Ronnie O. Love me some Ron Oster. And I hope you're enjoying the conversation. We'll get back to it after this message from our sponsor, Western and Southern Financial Group. Life is full of questions. Like, when should I start thinking about life insurance? But however difficult these questions may be, Western and Southern can help you answer them. Backed by over 130 years of experience, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western and Southern Financial Group, life insurance, retirement, and investments. Products issued by member companies of Western Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio. You, uh, 1987, Mookie Wilson slid into you, tore your ACL. And were you not the same player afterwards? I mean, that the medical, you know, these surgeries have come so much farther now than 1987. Did that really have a negative turn uh, on your career was it hard to come back well yeah it took me a year to come back and mm-hmm. and you know when you have an injury like that you know like, like everybody's going to be judging joe burrows now and, and things of you know as a player and i think once that gets started the rumors get started i don't think you know i probably wasn't 100 percent of how i was you know before it happened no I, you know I, I had to wear that brace for i don't know how long and then they taped it and you know wanted to tape it and finally i just said i, I don't want this thing taped because I, I think it hampers you moving especially the the, the big leg brace and, and things and you know i, I don't think i you know I, I might have lost a you know a quarter of a step or half a step or wasn't as quick you know at first going after a ball I, I don't know i don't know i don't, I don't know when you know I've, I've heard rumors and things those sure lost a little bit and, and maybe i did i don't know uh, but it took a while to come back and I could have played longer. I mean, I got my World Series ring and and uh, shut it down. And the, and the reason I did that is uh, the, Red, the Reds had a, a option for my contract the next year. They didn't pick up my option, uh, but they still wanted to sign me. And um, uh, and then I said, "Hey, you got a contract? You know, I, I got my World Series ring. I, I'm, a, I'm a utility player now." Um, it wasn't. I mean, it, it, 1990 was the the, the, the my most fun I've ever had in baseball. And I, I didn't play every day. You know, I was a utility player, but because we won the world series, it was my, my, the most fun I've ever had. But I, I, I didn't like sitting on the bench and waiting to play. Especially when I knew that I could, you know, I, I could be out there helping. Um, but then and that's why I didn't play after that, but I could have played three or four more years after, after my knee, after, after 1990. And my knee happened in 87. I came back in 88 and, and I retired in 1990 after I got the World Series ring. But I could I could play a few more. I had I had three or four teams ask me to come out, and but I, you know I, I turned down a million dollars one night. First came back from my knee from the Dodgers. They they wanted to sign me for a two year contract, and I wanted to stay in Cincinnati. I just couldn't see myself playing for anybody else. I almost went to Chicago, the Cubs, in 1990 because Don Zimmer was the manager there, and he wanted me out there. Uh, but they had just signed Mitch Williams and they didn't have any money to guarantee me. I said, just get, you know, guarantee me a hundred thousand dollars. I'll come out there. And, and Zim said, they won't do it. And he said, but I almost, I almost played for Chicago because of Zim, Don Zimmer. Cause I loved him. And, but, 
yeah, it, it I, I mean, it, it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I know I could have played. I know I had some offers after that and could have played after that. But, um, well, it's so, like said, you know, you see players nowadays and you're, you you get used to them in different uniforms because the, they move around, free agency, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. But back mm-hmm. then, I can't imagine you, imagine you in a Dodgers uniform and certainly not a Cubs uniform. Me, 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 and not the Dodgers. I, no, I not the Dodgers. Back then, people could, don't realize the the rivalry. I mean, the, not the Dodgers. No. Oh my God! It was that was that was the rivalry now. Like probably like St. Louis is even yeah. worse. Um, but uh, I didn't go because you know number one, you know I I bleed red, not Dodger blue, and number two, you know, I'm not going to raise a family in Los Angeles. We had young kids and stuff. I'm not moving to my 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 family from to Los Angeles. I, you know, Cincinnati being the, the great city it is and 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 I there there's a lot of, but um no I I wanted to stay here, uh, you know, and I, I Chicago I can see playing in Chicago. Wrigley Field that's probably one of my favorite ballparks to play in. And yeah. Don Zimmer Don Zimmer was one of my favorite people in baseball. But um Yeah, he was now, a lot of people's favorite in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 1990 but, you mentioned that it was a, a fun year and you were a utility player and i know sitting on the bench had had to stink uh mariano duncan was playing second base but why was that uh, it, when they look back on that team you're often mentioned for the leadership in the clubhouse um what was it like that year you say it was fun and i imagine frustrating at the same time but you guys won um, was do you look back? Uh, obviously, you won a world championship. You got a World Series ring. Obviously, you look back fondly in that regard. But the overall experience is: do you look back like ah, that was a great year? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it was. I think it was one of my best years because uh, you know, on the field, you know, I, I hit, almost hit three hundred, which I didn't play a whole lot. But um, I, I don't, I, Jim. You know, I'm a pretty humble guy. I'm a pretty humble guy, and I was, I'm I'm myself though. And whether I was a leader or not, but I, I will say this: I don't think, I don't think, in in my opinion, I might be wrong. But you have to ask some of my teammates. I don't think we would have done what we did if I wasn't on that team. I'll put I've that heard way. that and, before. And, I've heard other well, players I, on that team say that. Well, you never heard me say it because I hate talking about myself, and and I. I, I, I am a very humble person. I, I'm like I said, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. To, to, but in my heart, I really don't think that we would have gotten as far as we did if if I wasn't on that team. And I and I didn't play every. I mean, Mariana Dun, Duncan did a super super unbelievable job, and uh, you know Lou Pinella uh, uh, made all the right moves as far as uh, it's almost like he had that crystal ball or whatever. But I think they needed me. I, I, I'll put it that way. You, there's a story. Tell tell me if I'm if this is right or not. That you guys went through a losing streak. It might have been like eight games. <laughs> yeah. You shaved your head. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're out. In, we're in Los Angeles, and I believe we're seven games. We just lost. We we were seven games. We lost seven games in a row. So we're in the clubhouse, and we just lost our eighth game to, to Los Angeles. And I believe we were three and a half games still in first place and playing the Dodgers. And we just lost our eighth – or no, we just lost our seventh game in a row. So we were six, just lost our seventh game in a row. And, and the nasty boys and, you know, in the pit, you know, I'm saying, hey, you guys, you know, talking about, you know, why don't you guys shave your head, nasty boys? Why don't you guys shave your head? 
you know, turn her luck around. I was screwing around. I was just trying to lighten the mood because Lou came in and kicking garbage cans and stuff and slammed the door in his office. And, hey, we're still in first place. We're still three and a half games in first place. And that's why I said, hey, wait. I said, we're still three and a half games in first place. I said, we're playing not to lose instead of playing to win. I go, yeah, why don't, why don't Dibs, why don't you guys shave your head, you know, dance my shape. Let's do something. And I'll never forget, Rob Dibble says, oh, no, I can't do that. He goes, my wife will kill me. <laughs> and then, then his next thing out of his mouth was, if we lose 10 games in a row, I'll shave my head. And that's, that was it. I said, I said, that's how we're thinking. I said, we're not losing 10 games in a row. I said, shave mine. And that's what happened. They did. <laughs> Eric Davis shaved my head. Eric so shaved your I, head. Eric shaved my head. That's how I came. It all came about. Well, that's how teams it, come together, though. Stuff like that, and you well, knew I, that, right? I mean, you knew that. Yeah, I did. I mean, I just, I knew what it took to win, and we we just weren't the same club the, the last seven days. And I mean, if about the fifth or sixth game we lost in a row, I could see, hey, we're not, you know, we're not playing to win. We're playing, you know, not to lose. We're not being aggressive. We're not doing this and that. So I was just trying to lighten the mood and, and trying to. Trying to, and, and it's funny because Lou put me in the next day. He put me in the start the next day. And there's man on um, second base. And I first pitch, I was so good, pumped up. I'm, I'm going to drive this run. The first pitch was a ball down, and I rolled over and ground out to the second baseman. And I was so mad. And that's and that's on the video, too, the wire to wire video where I am so ticked off and my head's shaved and, and I look like and, and but I did get another chance later on and, and got up and drove in a run but but I was so mad I swung at the first pitch and you know I'll tell you, I'm, I'm gonna do this and and that's that's the thing you gotta stay within yourself I'm trying to win a game or, or trying to hit a you know, home run to do this and that and I'm not staying within myself and doing the things I could do but I got another chance later on but yeah that's in the video where I'm I, I, I rolled over grounded out and I'm coming in i'm in the dugout and i'm i'm ticked off and my hat's off and my head's white and because and <laughs> yeah, we know, were just, used to those that curly hair you know and everyone wore a little longer a little thicker back then <laughs> Matt, did you have well, to change then, yeah. hat sizes uh, yeah and that, oh yeah about a half a size yeah <laughs> back then though and that's what happened it never grew back after that that's what happened to my head after i shaved it, it never came back <laughs> but but and we did we did win that game though we didn't it didn't have anything to do with me uh, as far as you know but I think it well you never know up. man I mean well it, it loosened the team up a little bit yeah and and but that that's that's that story <laughs> well I love this story and I, and I believe it to be true I, I I guess I should have looked officially but was it your last hit? driving in a run in game two of the world series. Wasn't that your last hit in the bigs? Yes, it was. Yep. That was my last hit. I think we we're down three to one or I don't remember the score or anything, but man, a second Bob Welch was, was pitching and um, now I got to base it up the middle and drove in a run. So that was my last at bat. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, That's, that was a game game two. I think he drove yeah. in Joe Oliver, yeah. who eventually won the game in ten innings, yeah, five to four, I think. So you needed every run. Um, yeah, and I mean, I your last like hit in the bigs was an RBI World Series hit that helped win a game and win the World it, Championship. Well, it, it, it helped, but uh, you know, I, I'm thinking I got 
give Joe a lot of credit because I thought I was going to have to hit a double to get him in. But, <laughs> so I, I, luckily I didn't hit that. I hit the ball hard, but not too hard. <laughs> I'll be sure to pass that along to Joe. <laughs> oh, wow, he knows. I already, I already told him. <laughs> oh, I bet <laughs> a million times. But that, that you talk about the fun of the team. That's the way it was back then. We had, we had a great, great clubhouse. We had a great team. Um, you know, eight guys. We didn't have a superstar. Barry Larkin was the closest thing to the super superstar, and he wasn't a superstar back then. You know, and then and, and Eric Davis was a great player, but he wasn't a superstar. We didn't have any any superstar. I mean, we we were a team. I mean, it took. You know, we called up people from you know uh, the spot start and this and that now and then, or somebody get hurt. It took thirty guys or thirty plus guys to to do what we did. It wasn't it wasn't the starting eight like. You know, or, or it wasn't. It, it was a whole team pitching, a defense. It, we just and we got along great. I mean, like I said, that's what I missed the most is just being on, getting on each other in the clubhouse, and and that, that that's a big part of it. And I don't I don't know if you can do that nowadays. I don't know if they let you do that nowadays. As far as the players might get you get a little bit bad if you you get on them a little bit or, or well, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, they do probably not to the extent that you guys did, but they still do. And it's still, everyone still reveres the clubhouse and you talk about the atmosphere and it is so different in there. It's a different world. You better walk in there with some thicker skin or at least no guys are just joking around for camaraderie. Right. Uh, It's still like that. Right. Right. Well, that's good. That's, that's good to hear because I, I, like I say, I know that, uh, I, they got on me. I got on people, and and that was all in fun, though. It was all yeah. in fun, and then nothing. You can't take that things personally, and, and you know, and if if you don't have the heart, if you're going to dish it out, you better sure better be able to take it. But uh, um, Dave Parker was the, the best, the best at dishing it out. But but he could take it too. But and it, it's kind of like Marty Brenneman. You know, you, I, I used to get on. Or you have you hear guys get on Marty. You can't get ahead of Marty. You say something to Marty, and boy, you, you better be ready because he usually give it back. Oh, and, and, there and, and is by no the way, doubt. He, Marty, Marty's unbelievable. Marty was unbelievable. Yeah, the thing about Marty is, and I want to talk about Joe real quick too. Before you know, I don't know how much time we got, but Marty would say things on the air, and then Marty and then did the game. But every and, and, and sure, he made players mad. And players came up to me. Marty said, "I said, well, say something to him. If you don't like it, say something." He's up. He's in the clubhouse every day. Marty came in that clubhouse every day. He never shied away from the clubhouse. He stood up to everything he said. If you had a problem with Marty, go up to Marty. Go up to Marty. Tell him. Don't tell me. I mean, what am I gonna do? You know, if you have a problem with him, talk to him about it. And you know, (laughs) it's funny when Marty did retire. I sent him a, a text and said, "Marty, you're great. I said the game's gonna miss you, but." I, I just, I just don't understand how somebody didn't, how you didn't get kicked by somebody. <laughs> he, he liked that. Marty liked that. But he told me about think, that one time about that. Yeah, yeah. He loved that text. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he. But you know, Marty, Marty, he had, he was up there. He didn't care. He, hey, come over and talk to me about yeah. it. Yeah, well, that's the but, one thing uh, he would know, show his face every day in the clubhouse. Exactly, exactly. And you know, like Marty had his opinions too, just like everybody else. And, if you don't like it, you know, go talk to him about it. Don't yeah. go kick his ass. I was kidding about that. You know, don't go. But let him know. Don't tell me. Yeah. What am I going to do? Hey, Marty, you hurt this guy's feelings. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the big leagues. It's baseball. And, and I got to tell you about Joe. Joe, 
my favorite person, player, whatever, in baseball was Joe Nuxall. They don't, they don't, and all I'm going to say is they don't come any better than Joe. No. That's, he's my very favorite, very favorite person in baseball. Yeah. And I learned a lot, I learned a lot from Joe, uh, after the games. We, you know, back then we used to sit down after the games and have a couple beers after the game and talk about the games and talk about other things. And I remember sitting in there with Joe an hour, hour and a half after the game and, um, just listen to his stories and, and talking baseball and things. What a great, great man. There will never be another Joe Nuxall. He's, he's, uh, he's missed every day. I'll tell you and it, as far as baseball goes. And, oh, there's um, no doubt. I mean, that the stadium is 100 Joe Nuxall way and it's, it's very mm-hmm. deserving because if it, you want to talk about a uh, representation of a man, of a person, of a player, like Joe, of a like broadcaster Joe, of Cincinnati, Joe Nuxall. If you didn't like Joe Nuxall, you don't like people. I mean, yeah. that's as, as, as good as, it, as easy as it gets. Yeah, and I, I love the stories that he used to do, the star of the game uh, on radio. Uh, for those who don't know, the younger listeners that are listening right now, Joe would interview, like I do, much like on the TV side, but Joe would do mm-hmm. it on radio, the star of the game, and he would go down and do it in the dugout. But he, for certain players, and maybe it was all of them, I don't know, he'd be waiting with two beers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I, mean, I was born in the wrong era. I would love to crack open a that's beer on the post game TV interview. Just you know, that's, that's that was so great. Like we talked about, you know, growing up or coming up when I did in, in the era. You know, we we sat around and talked baseball. I don't, and and I'm not I'm not faulting the players or any, anybody else for this because yeah, they, things I, change. I, know, I, I I know when I coached. They wanted us out of the clubhouse like a half hour after, you know, after the game's over. Well, you know, <laughs> that's another story about Joe. We're in there talking, and, uh, coaching. We're in there talking, having a few beers and things. And all of a sudden, we go out to get our cars, and they had the, that's when they had the cages up, and this is a riverfront. And we were locked in. The, 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 they chained the fence, and we couldn't get our cars out. <laughs> well, it just so happened, I had a bolt cutter in my truck. I drove a truck, and I had a toolbox, and I said, Joe, I'll get us out of here. I took the bolt cutters and cut the cut the lock off, and Joe and me left. But we were we were in there about an hour. You know, it was we were only in there an hour after the game, and they already had the gates locked. Oh yeah, they're racing out there now. I'm not playing the players. You know, the players. You know, everything's different. Everything changes. If it's sort of good, I'm all for it. Well, you. I'll tell you one thing. You're fun to listen to. You're fun to watch and, and listen to. It. You you have a good time. It, it seems like what you're doing, and that's what it's all about. Well, I appreciate that, especially coming from you. And uh, was that a politically correct answer? Uh, yes, it was. I and mean, you know what? <laughs> and, and coming from me, you know me well enough that if I didn't really believe that, I wouldn't say it. I know. That's why I'm. I'm actually a little. I'm. I'm blushing a little bit, actually. It, it, well, and that's where that's where I've changed a little bit as far as the political political correctness. If I don't believe something, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, wow. I if I don't agree or this or that, I'm. I'm going to walk away from the situation. I'm not going to push it. Away. Well, we all need to grow up at some point, you know, and I'm still <laughs> right. getting, I'll get there. I'm, I'm still getting there. I'm still getting there. <laughs> hey, it's uh, thank you for the compliment. That means the world to me. Uh, it really does. Like you said, especially coming from you and uh, Marty, Marty broke you. Marty broke you in. Well, <laughs> oh, he's still breaking me. in. <laughs> he retired, but he did. He didn't retire from texting or harassing phone calls. I'll bet it's like, <laughs> I'll answer the phone and it's that line. He, I don't know if he used to lay this on anyone else or you heard it, but he would say, how you, how you now, well, he would say that, but he would say, let me ask you something. 
<laughs> and I'd be like, oh, hold on, let me sit down. Doggone <laughs> it, what I do now? <laughs> let me ask you something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could just, I could hear him saying that. Yes. I could just, he's something else like that. Oh, he says, oh, I don't watch the games. Well, I'll get text mid-games. What'd you just say? Are you stupid? <laughs> No, not Marty. He wouldn't say yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I love great. it. <laughs> I truly treasure it. And I, I treasure conversations <laughs> like this. And um, man, I was, it was a proud day when I saw you go into the Reds Hall of Fame. And um, I, I'm just glad that you're happy with your your grandkids and your kids. And uh, it sounds like you have a simple life now, which is great. And, and I, I'm just happy for you, Ron. I really appreciate you you coming on and sharing some stories. Well, I appreciate that, Jim, and, and thank you. Um, well, like I said, I got it made. I, I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world with the grandkids and everybody, you know, and, and knock on wood, but, you know, I, I'm so fortunate. Everyone's healthy, you know, uh, and you look in the world, and, and it, it makes you look and say, hey, you know, <laughs> I got it pretty damn good. You yeah. know, look at somebody, look at their problem or look at this problem. You know, it just it makes you realize how, how good you have it. Mm, that's great to hear, man. Hopefully – Hopefully one day we can uh, sit out on a deck somewhere and uh, share a cigar and share some more stories. I would treasure that as well. Uh, that sounds great. You got my number. I do indeed. And I, you know what, <laughs> just even have a number like guys like you, uh, like you were in the clubhouse with the big red machine. I, I grew up uh, loving you guys and I love the Cincinnati Reds. I bleed Cincinnati Red, even though I didn't play on the team and uh, I'm just tickled to death and it's not lost on me that i'm able to have conversations like this and have friendships like this i really appreciate it so all right well thank you jim all right that yeah, is ron thanks, oster and he just toughened up this podcast add a little grit to this podcast which <laughs> i enjoy <laughs> thank you very much for checking us out everyone and we will see you next time so long <laughs>